I would invite you just to go with whatever feels good to you, whatever resonates with you, and ultimately whatever it is that helps you understand who you are, accept yourself as you are, and then helps you to show up more as yourself in the world so that you can be happier, that you can feel better, and live in the most aligned and authentic way you can. Um, and that might mean that you consider yourself an empath. It might mean that you that you don't resonate with that. And that either way, it's totally fine. Um, I just think it's about um, exploring and understanding better who we are individually. Um, and that looks different. That looks different for different people. Welcome to the INF Club podcast. I'm Jazz Hoti, and this is the podcast for INFJs and INFPs and other intuitives and highly sensitives to provide you with nourishment, understanding, and inspiration as you navigate your journey. Whether you are listening for the first time or you have tuned in previously, thank you for being here and welcome to the show. Jazz here bringing you another episode. Today's another solo episode. Um, so by now, um, if you've been listening for a while, uh, you'll know that there are conversations uh, that I have with fellow intuitives. And there are also solo episodes uh, where I um, narrate things that I've written or otherwise just share my own journey with you. And today is another one of those episodes titled on being an empath and um, this relates to uh, a piece that I wrote um, very recently and, and published uh, on the blog last week uh, with that same title on being an empath um, before we get into it just wanted to so that here's how it's gonna work <laughs> towards the end of the day feeling a little bit a little bit scattered so um, yeah, just need to find my grounding as I record this. I um, It's going to be in three parts, This uh, today's episode. So I'm going to share a little bit with you about what's been going on for me um, and a, a workshop that I'm delighted to say that I'll be hosting with a friend of mine. Um, I'm going to then narrate the piece itself on being an empath. Um, and then I'm going to just provide a little bit of added kind of commentary, um, my own commentary, um, and also um, with the perspectives of um, a couple of lovely people who um, reached out to my blog post, uh, sharing their own experiences. Um, I had some really lovely messages um, from folks who also resonate with being an empath. Um, and you know, even someone who said, I don't consider myself an empath, uh, however, um, and uh, yeah, offered uh, some really kind words um, 
and uh, some great insights that I'll, I'll share with you. So um, what's been going on? So I'm recording this uh, 13th of April, I'm planning to put this episode out tomorrow. And um, here in England, we've been in a national lockdown since January the 2nd. And this week, so starting yesterday, Monday, was uh, the starting, the startings, the starting of coming out of said lockdown. Um, gyms and outdoor places have opened. You can gather in bigger groups outside. Um, retail shops have opened. Um, hairdressers have opened. So I'm really enjoying just a couple of um, just a couple of days so this is end of end of the day on tuesday as i'm recording this um really enjoying some novelty in my life i'll be honest with you um i think uh it feels like an infp thing a high need for curiosity and um like exploration and novelty um, I also do think it's a human thing though, uh, just to want to, um, you know, uh, yeah, just, just, just have a bit of variety and um, I've been very fortunate to um, be comfortable, uh, to be with my family, uh, to be, to have um, kind of green spaces on my doorstep, but um, yeah, um, I've not really um worked out at any intensity exercise wise until this week it's been a while um so having the gym back has been really gratefully um received i guess you could say um and also uh, yeah i'm able to get my hair cut uh, yeah able just kind of just to go out and do more things um, another big one for me is co-working. So my gym cafe is an indoor cafe, so that's not as yet open. Um, but um, outdoor spaces are open and uh, I'm doing a spot of outdoor co-working with a friend or two tomorrow, which I'm really looking forward to. So all this to say, um, I'm kind of, yeah, it's nice. Um, coming out of kind of lockdowny mode, um, really back into life and everything that comes with <laughs> reintegrating with the real world that sounds kind of dramatic um, but yeah I'll give you an example I tend to keep my head down in the gym anyway and kind of uh, I think kind of energetically um, like to kind of be in my own space uh, especially if I've been doing kind of focused work and I'm going from a low energy environment to a higher energy environment like the gym that can be something to manage and um, just because I guess I've not so much been used to having people around um, and being out kind of in public settings um, the gym is a setting that really nourishes me but even just having familiar people around me saying hello I almost found myself just felt interesting, felt a little bit different being out in that kind of uh, space again. Um, so yeah, kind of re reorientating myself um, and uh, yeah, kind of um, finding a new routine it feels like. You know, I went to the gym yesterday and today 
Uh, I'm co-working tomorrow. Thursday, I've got my hair cut. I'm playing tennis with a friend on Friday. Um, yeah. It's uh, a case of, um, yeah, kind of riding and leaning into uh, kind of a different sort of routine where maybe I'll be not just working from home and doing other things, um, but also, yeah, keeping some semblance, semblance of stability and routine. Um, so there's that. Still, uh, you know, I like talking about the weather, um, especially because I just really want the sun to arrive. Um, we've had, it's been, it's been sunny actually, pretty sunny the last couple of days. Though we've also, in these sunny couple of days, um, where it's got to, you know, kind of spring type warmth. So it's been really nice actually. We've also had kind of stints of sleet and snow. Um, so the weather's still kind of acting a little bit odd. Um, this time last year, from March onwards, we had very extremely sunny, long days. And so that was kind of unusual. Um, but yeah, I'm hoping that spring summery weather uh, isn't too far away. And um, yeah, it's still, we're still kind of breaking into it, uh, which has been nice. Okay. Now that you've heard a little bit about what's going on for, for jazz, um, I want to tell you about this online workshop. So I ran my first workshop um, for INF Club back in January with my friend Peg Cheng called Hello Future Self. And it was all about um, connecting with our future self, um, with um, especially when it comes to um, money. Uh, and uh, saving money for ourselves um, and really um, yeah being more being more in tune with um, our kind of uh, money related stuff and and from the from the lens of um, envisaging ourselves in the future and what we how we might use that future self that we have in mind or that might even be talking to us um, to start saving uh, so i'm ever so grateful to peg um, it was really wonderful for hosting that workshop um, and i'm really pleased to be uh, announcing the second workshop again i did this um, on the newsletter yesterday um, which you can sign up to if you haven't already at infclub.net it's with my friend Amanda um, um, Amanda Linehan, and the title of the workshop is Productivity for INFPs, and this is a big one for me personally. My goodness, so much experimentation and exploration has gone into finding ways that feel good for me in terms of being productive and getting things done. Um, having stickability and projects and you know not necessarily following through on things and starting and stopping and all this stuff um, and um, there's been a large element actually of really accepting and understanding how I work and what I need to do um, and actually understanding my natural rhythms and how I work best and a lot of this runs counter to the typical productivity stuff that I see out there and um, Amanda's been running a blog um, 
since 2008. And I was actually looking at in her archive because I connected with Amanda a couple of years ago, kind of 2019, I think. And um, yeah, a bunch of her articles which kind of addressed um, productivity from her own, through her own INFP lens, really spoke to me. You know, she spoke about things like circular productivity, um, maybe kind of moving between one, two, or even three projects. She spoke about balancing, sticking to the plan versus going with the flow. A lot of this stuff that really spoke to me. So um, yeah, since then, Amanda's actually written a book called Productivity for INFPs. There's also a mini course um, that she offers uh, on her website. Um, that's Amanda um, Linehan, L-I-N-E-H-A-N.com. And I'm delighted that we're hosting this workshop together. Um, it's a 90 minute workshop. You'll learn how to get things done by using your natural energy flows and rhythms, not by pushing, struggling, or overusing self-discipline or willpower. Um, Amanda will be delivering um, the workshop and I'll be helping to host it and engaging in the discussion pieces. So um, the topics that will be covered are prioritizing and making decisions with ease, flexible goal setting, making space for downtime, and honoring your creative rhythms. And we're delivering it in what we're calling an INFP friendly way with a blend of presentation by Amanda and conversation between the two of us. Um, yeah, if you uh, I'll, if you go to infclub.net forward slash um, archive, you'll find it in there. Um, if you listen to this in real time, um, it's happening on a on April the 25th, which is a Sunday. Um, I'll also include the link to it in the um, episode description for you. But um, we really hope that, um, yeah, especially if you're an INFP, um, there's some really important stuff in this and you, um, you will come away with some, I think some really interesting ideas that you'll be able to start to implement in your work and your life. Um, so we hope you'll join us. Um, I've also wanted to add that those who aren't INFPs, so you know, ENFPs, even ENFJs, INFJs, um, if you're interested in leaning more into your intuition and intuitive goal setting versus rational goal setting, maybe if you're looking to counter that J, which can be really helpful at getting things done, but can also um, on its own um, lead to um, kind of overwhelm and burnout. You're more than welcome to come along. And actually, you know what? I think you will probably get something from this too. So productivity for INFPs, that's happening on Sunday, April the 25th. Okay, um, on to today's piece on being an empath. Um, and there's a bit of a backstory here, which I actually explain in the narration, so I don't need to say too much about that. But the short version is I was speaking to a friend of mine, Naomi Harrington, who interestingly herself, um, I, I, I suspect, I don't wanna speak for Naomi, but I suspect that she has um, for a while resonated with being an empath but it's only recently that she's starting to put that out there in the online space and to really embrace that element in her coaching work too. 
both calling herself an empath and kind of you know working with others who identify as being an empath um, Naomi's awesome um, I referenced a conversation that we had where I actually kind of had this realization if you like of my my being an empath and kind of claiming that and, and talking about it um, I'll also share that also in the notes um, for you to have a listen to if you like um, yeah it was my second time on Naomi's podcast and I've had uh, yeah we've had a we've had really enjoyed our conversations um, and I suspect you'll that you'll enjoy listening in on um, on this one so here we go here's my piece um, the date of publication was um, publication gosh makes it sound like a uh, like a newsletter like a well it is a newsletter but it makes it sound like a magazine or a newspaper doesn't it uh, but this was published on 9th of April 2021 so just a few days ago and this piece is called on being an empath and here's what I wrote On being an empath, the subheading, my journey from introvert to highly sensitive to empath. I was speaking to my friend Naomi Harrington recently, and she asked me if I would describe myself as an empath. I found myself answering with a pretty firm yes, and it felt like an aha moment and a realisation that had previously happened without my awareness of it until that very moment. Thanks, Naomi. My experience of feeling so intense and weird is one that has been with me for as long as I can remember. I distinctly remember being four years old and being so terrified of the apparatus in gym class and standing on a balance beam that was just a few inches off, the, off of the ground. Thinking about it, it was a fact that everyone else in the class was there too and I thought that they could feel my terror as much as I could myself. I also remember what we now lovingly refer to as the infamous Jasraj melts down moment as an adult during a family road trip in rural Sweden. We'd been driving around for hours each day for several days in close proximity in a car with the same music playing and often I had headphone Headphone, um, headphones in my ears playing music to try and be in my own space which probably only added to my overwhelm loud, loud music to drown out car music equals not ideal and then I think about my intense mood swings about my moment to moment fluctuations in energy from day to day or from week to week my sensitivity to my physical environment how much I can absorb and hold the space of other people. How much I pick up on this energy, even when I'm feeling grounded and neutral. Six or seven years ago, I had this thought that came down. I had thought this came down, all of these experiences I'm describing, came down to my being an introvert. Then I came across the concept of high sensitivity and the work of Dr. Elaine Aaron. In both of these instances, there was a sense of relief and understanding, but also this sense of, it feels like more than this. I'm an introvert, but it feels like there's more. I'm highly sensitive, 
but it feels like there's more. I think previously I felt more comfortable calling myself an introvert or highly sensitive because they are more mainstream accepted terms with some science behind them and a way of rationally explaining these terms. The scientific, rational, evidence-based stuff feels safe. And I'll put that in quotation marks. The word safe. I have come across folks fervently against Myers-Briggs as a quotation marks, valid thing because it apparently lacks the so-called evidence base required for it to be deemed as such. One of the things I've learned about myself is that it's the experience or the experiences that are more powerful than the description. So it's the experience that's more powerful than its description. And the deeper I've gone in my journey of holistic self-understanding, I found that the fewer answers science is able to serve up for me. And I say that as someone who's fascinated by space and the animal kingdom and all sorts of sciencey stuff. And also as someone who is fascinated by psychology, hence I even studied a master's in it. And yet this scientific and psychology-based line of inquiry, for me, could only take me so far. And I think I'm learning that it can only take me so far. You see, as I've gotten more in touch with who I am and with this intuitive and emotional part of me, there's been this increasing realization that the deeper I lean into it, the richer the picture is beyond what we are able to justify and explain rationally and scientifically. I became more interested in holistic health and understanding through alternative practices, for example, yoga, meditation, journaling. Uh, I find myself asking, are these still considered alternatives, I wonder? And I know that they seem to have gone more mainstream or perhaps, you know, for me, they just feel more mainstream because I've been engaging with them uh, and they're no longer, they're kind of normal, they've become normal to me, all through spirituality from Sikhi to Christianity to shamanism, or possibly my favorite way of all, learning from the stories and autobiographies of others. Maybe a written story, it might be a blog, or fiction, or poetry, or film, or even just observing others and learning pieces about people, getting glimpses into their way of being to help with my own. Actually, I'm Sure, this is one of the reasons why I love interviewing other intuitives for the podcast, i.e. This, this very podcast that I'm narrating uh, this piece on right now. I've only grown more fascinated by the intangible, emotional, body-based stuff because it's this that seems to speak to me the most. Or at least, it's the stuff which is missing from the overall whole, brackets, holistic picture of mind and body integration. And I've got a paragraph in brackets where I say, of course, there are complex links between mind, body and soul that we'll never fully, rationally be able to explain and understand. A sense of letting go and accepting what is, rather than trying to completely control ourselves, is a healthier way of being for me, as I've realized how very little we actually know and how all the books and knowledge in the world 
whilst it feels like a nourishing and worthwhile pursuit, and I love to read and I love to learn, will not give me every answer. And actually it usually leads to information overload, overwhelm and frustration. Um, so yeah, I've got to manage kind of what I'm inputting as I go on this learning journey. As time has gone on, the more I've understood myself, or rather, the longer that my journey of self-understanding has progressed, this emotional piece has only become more important as I've realized how much it feels like the part that is a defining one for me. Which brings me back to my being an empath. Whereas before I was closed off to something which felt woo-woo or out there and not scientific, I'm now opening myself up to those books and stories I might have ignored or avoided even just a couple of years ago. In recent weeks, I've purchased copies of Ritu Kaushal's The Empath's Journey and Alethea Luna's Awakened Empath books. As I mentioned before, exploring others' stories is one of my favourite things and also a really helpful way for me to recognise, understand and accept the different pieces of who I am. And Ritu's book is a wonderful blend of part memoir, part scientific. Uh, it's a wonderful blend of part memoir, part scientific, with insights from the worlds of Jung and art therapy. And so offering a broad holistic perspective, which is totally my jam. I also have Judith Orloff and Lisa Campion on my radar, um, both women who uh, have written to the, uh, the empath experience. As I continue to delve into this fascinating, meaningful part of me. And then I finished off by saying, if you have any insights to share or resources you might recommend that uncover and explore being an empath, or otherwise the depths of this intuitive piece, I'd love to share, um, or I think I meant to say, I'd love to um, read or hear what has uncovered insights for you or otherwise help move you along on your journey of self-understanding. You can reach me by replying to the newsletter or tweeting me at INF underscore club. And uh, here's my, and then I finished by saying, here's my recent conversation with Naomi Harrington, during which I came out as an empath. Naomi talks about her experiences growing up um, in a religious environment and then embracing her own spirituality in adulthood. We talk about um, um, tarot cards and a bunch more intuitive and empath related stuff. Um, and yeah, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll mention the, um, I'll link to the conversation I had with Naomi in the description um, and in the show notes, um, I'll include all the links that I've mentioned, um, as well as actually um, a quiz that Naomi put together titled, What Type of Empath Are You? Um, if you're someone listening to this who feels you are an empath, um, wherever you are kind of on that journey. Maybe maybe I've uh, shared something which has got you thinking now. Um, so yeah, on being an empath, um, I had, I'd, I'd, add, I'd like to add a couple more things. Um, and uh, I'm trying to think of what orders to do this in actually. I've got a couple of things that, yeah, so there's a couple of things I'd like to cover. So I think first of all, I'm going to cover a, cover a couple of points and then I'm, I think I'm going to finish actually with some words of a couple of folks who reached out to me uh, in relation to this piece. Um, yeah, let me do it that way around. 
so yeah this um this this did in, in in some ways feel like i was putting myself out there and that was kind of acknowledged and received um in the responses that i got back um so thank you actually everyone um i got some really kind responses um to this kind of um and helpful actually people who pointed me in the direction of other resources um but yeah a couple of side notes i wanted to offer so this 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 empath label um and there's other labels of course you know infp and infj and highly sensitive and introvert i feel that these labels are to help give us a framework to understand who we are and to use that as a place to accept ourselves understand ourselves better and lean into changes that help us grow um, and um, you might be someone out there who doesn't res resonate with the empath label perhaps you resonate more with being highly sensitive or intuitive or whatever it might be maybe you're someone who doesn't particularly like labels um, I think if you're listening to this podcast that there's a pretty good chance that you're an intuitive person or personality type um, if we want to be prescriptive that would mean that you, you you come out as an n intuitive rather than an s sensor type in the myers-briggs personality indicator and i say that because the club is called inf club so i'm guessing that there's a high chance you've come across myers-briggs in some capacity and that there's some resonance with it when it comes to understanding yourself better i would invite you just to go with whatever feels good to you whatever resonates with you and ultimately whatever it is that helps you understand who you are accept yourself as you are and then helps you to show up more as yourself in the world so that you can be happier that you can feel better and live in the most aligned and authentic way you can um, and that might mean that you consider yourself an empath it might mean that you that you don't resonate with that and that either way it's totally fine um, I just think it's about um, exploring and understanding better who we are individually um, and that looks different that looks different for different people and uh, the journey takes us different places um, you know even two maybe three years ago I perhaps wouldn't have said that I was an empath even though I was aware of stuff that I'd come across online um, part of me thinks that I've actually come closer to my most authentic self and my intuitive self through um, maybe peeling back some layers maybe people that I've met and come across I do think that there is something about timing um, and I have noticed myself become more um, lean more maybe into my intuitive in my intuitive emotional spiritual nature um, and that kind of connecting with this empath term uh, has been a part of that who knows what the next couple of years will bring I am looking forward to it uh, I'm looking forward to seeing how the journey unfolds um, we're all on our own journey and that's fine um, the second point I wanted to talk about <clears throat> um, perhaps takes a little bit more sensitivity um, and is a broader point about the word itself the word empath um, and some of the spaces that I've seen online and experiences that I've read um, but especially actually some of the some of the space I think some of the spaces because I think when it comes to someone else's experience 
I may not connect with it, it may not resonate with me, but at the same time, I take in good faith uh, what someone has written online, um, unless, you know, there's some sort of reason or hunch that I have where I'm just like, this doesn't come across authentically. Um, someone's experience may not speak to me and that's fine, but I think it's more about the spaces that I've come across, um, you know, forums, groups, um, and such like. So uh, yeah, I just wanted to offer a little note here. Um, the first thing is important to say is, there's a caveat um, that I'm gonna share first, uh, a caveat of sorts. In my life as a whole, and in this whole journey of understanding who I am, and you know, getting more comfortable with it, and you know, leaving my job, and trying to figure out what to do with my life, and learning more about myself, and coaching, and therapy, and realizations, and sticking points, and you know, ups, downs, twists, turns, and all of that stuff. There have been times, without a shadow of a doubt, where I have felt down. Many, many times where I felt downbeat, where I felt um, uh, in a place of kind of, yeah, just, just downbeat, kind of disempowered, and being in the mindset or in the position of a victim, um, or at least felt like that. Um, several times many many times where i have felt that woe is me um life sucks it's not fair um probably blamed other people you know maybe versus um understanding the impact that others have had but also recognizing my own strength and power um to 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 grow and to be my own person and to bring about change for myself um, so I have certainly been in a spot where I have put myself in that kind of victim space um, and felt like that. I think there's a difference between being in a spot where you are a victim and you take on that role for an amount of time. And for me, um, I think the longest it's been has made probably been probably days rather than weeks, if I'm being honest, from what I'm trying to remember. Um, but yeah there might be times for you it might be brief it might be momentary it might be longer lasting where you felt that way and then the, and then there's that and then there's being stuck in this space in this lower energy space of victimhood and being in this kind of constant downbeat disempowered state of lamentation and um yeah, just in that kind of low energy uh, victim spot. Now, I honestly do say this from a place of complete neutrality and non-judgment, at least that is my intention, but I have come across spaces online where the energy is very low and victim-based, um, and it hasn't felt good. And this stuff actually rubs off on us, um, and I am quite careful about hanging out in these spots. And I've certainly come across these sorts of environments in this world of, you know, intuitive, sensitive, empath, light worker type territory. So I would say this is something to be aware of. And I would certainly ask yourself, what is the energy here? How do I feel here? Perhaps do I feel open and expansive and that there's kind of love, like, and hope here? Or is this very... Um, 
does this feel? Do I feel quite closed off and constricted? And like I say, this is quite tricky because what I'm not saying is that we do not acknowledge all parts of our emotional experience and how we feel, but I'm really talking about being stuck in a spot and literally just having that, an overwhelming sense of that energy, that low energy being there, right? So, um, yeah, some of those questions to ask yourself might help, right? Open, expansive versus closed off and constricted, kind of fearful, kind of low energy versus high energy. Now, more often than not, you can get a pretty good sense of a place, but not always. And, and let's be honest, if you're feeling pretty down, you might, I know I have, I can, when I'm feeling in a sucky spot, I can get drawn in and just do rubbish stuff. And, you know, before I know it, um, you know, you can be in a place where it's not helpful um, and you might be spending time in an environment online which isn't so helpful to you and what I've learned is um, I think before the pandemic but especially the pandemic where you hang out online um, it can be uh, I want to say it can be as, as, as instrumental um, and as powerful as you know even online i mean you can't replace real world like stuff but online can still have its hold and have an impact so again i just want to reiterate the difference between being in a downbeat phase in a kind of spot versus being stuck in this victimhood identity um so yeah um <clears throat> um and I, I was I was actually speaking to a friend of mine who um, that being one of the reasons why she finds it quite difficult to um, um, to relate to the empath because in her experience in terms of what she's seen there's been a lot of this stuff and a lot of this kind of um, mentality attached to it in, the, in whatever in what she's come across um, and as I say it's um, we all have our own experiences uh, and um, yeah, but um, <clears throat> I felt like that's an important point. And actually it's kind of a point that I've been wanting to make in some way for a while and this just felt like the opportune time to do it. Um, so hopefully I've articulated myself well enough for that, for that to make sense and for that to have landed. Um, and then actually, yeah, I think I think you know. With that being said, like there'll be people listening to this who um, resonate and, and feel like that they're an empath, and others who kind of like um, I don't think I am an empath, and others where it's kind of not as clear cut. Where perhaps like me, there's there's a big part of it that they resonate with, but there's also other bits where you know less so, or you know whatever it might be. Um, and I kind of alluded to that in kind of other people's experiences I'd read. And it was just like, um, okay, I've got an openness to it, but that hasn't been my experience. Um, or, um, yeah, off the back of that, actually, <clears throat> I have a, um, a monthly conversation that I do with my friend, Lauren Sapala. And um, Lauren is like awesome. Um, person friend mentor like sister all of this stuff um and i learn a lot from her 
I also do feel that Lauren has been on this path for longer than I have and has read a lot and done a lot of um, kind of inner work and learning and discovery such that she knows some stuff um, that I, I don't basically. Um, and sometimes I can be like, oh, okay, like, um, okay, there's some experiences that she's described which I can't connect with, or actually what's really interesting is maybe something she described a couple of years ago, and I was like, um, I, I, that's not, I, I, there's, I don't have a connection with that. And then, you know, a couple of years later, I might be like, oh, wow, okay, I um, kind of really understand what Lauren was talking about there because I've now experienced something similar or because you know maybe I've evolved and grown as a person um, but I was gonna say yeah like thinking the empath light worker intuitive world there are um, different people with different experiences out there um, and you won't relate to all of them um, but you will what I would notice is I am drawn to like-minded energy in terms of where I'm at now and also this is my theory I'm aware of energy that embodies who I am but I'm not yet aware of it yet so you know whether it's Lauren or other people that I connect with who are perhaps a little deeper into their journeys and um, further along I don't know it's not necessarily about comparing um, I feel a certain draw with some people um, and some of the stuff I read online, whereas there, there might be some stuff that you come across or you hear where you're just like, I'm just not connecting with that or you know, maybe that doesn't even fit with me or that doesn't feel good to me, what have you. Um, notice what your body and what your intuition is saying as you go on this journey. Um, and yeah, just because you call yourself an empath or highly sensitive or an introvert or an INFP or an INFJ, doesn't by any means mean that every part of every experience that people share will connect and resonate with you. This is about um, you leaning into what does resonate, what does make sense, and what ultimately you know comes back to what I said before, using as a framework for self-understanding, for growth, for living in greater alignment, and um, yeah, in greater kind of authenticity. Okay, um, I'll be honest, this has probably been one of the more um meteor solo episodes maybe that i've talked about um yeah i um i wanted to finish off with kind of a couple of extracts from uh, emails that i got from a couple of folks i'm just going to offer first names um and uh, the first one is from eric eric said thanks for sharing your journey and coming out as an empath I don't consider myself an empath, but a couple of your quotes really resonated with me. Um, and he goes on to mention a couple of those quotes. And then later he says, even though I still believe in reason and science, I also trust my own experience on things that work for me, even if I can't explain them. So while I don't consider myself an empath, I'm starting to realize I'm becoming a mystic, i.e. somebody who is willing to try hippie woo-woo things because some of them actually work even if we don't know why. I love um, I love that and how that was articulated. Um, 
and yeah Eric is someone who doesn't consider himself an empath but um, at the same time is cool is acknowledging that um, in his experience there are things that work even if I can't explain them uh, and that word mystic I quite like that word mystic so thank you Eric uh, and now over to another email from um, someone called Amy Amy says I wanted to reply to this as what you've said here really spoke to me personally. I won't give you my whole life story, but in the last few years I've had some health problems which I'm beginning to refrain or reframe as being caused or at least contributed to by something along the lines of empathic burnout. I would admit some of the things that come under the empath label I find a bit scary. I don't want to speak to sp spirits or hear voices or whatever, exclamation mark. I just want a framework to understand myself more and why I am the way I am about certain things and why I seem to pick up on energy or feel things that others don't. I have to say, that's one of the difficult things I think about being empathic, especially growing up, not having a context to understand most others don't operate in the same way. So yeah, gosh, there's also a lot in there. Uh, and thank you, uh, thank you, Amy, for reaching out. Um, <clears throat> yeah there's a lot in there from the linkage of health problems through to just i love i love the sentence that amy use used there and talking about the framework i just want a framework to understand myself more and why i am the way i am about certain things and why i seem to pick up on energy or feel things that others don't um and amy uh yeah talks about some of the parts of the empath label being a bit being a bit scary um, but also that um, some some of her um, health health problems uh, she feels uh, have been something along the lines of um, empathic burnout um, and yeah gosh there's a whole 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 lot of stuff we could go into there uh, in the kind of linkages between um, health and kind of burnout and um, of autoimmune stuff um, and again yeah some of the patterns that I seem to have noticed in kind of intuitives and um, also this linkages between nervous system and yeah kind of burnout for me I was in the spot there I think I did I talk about this on the podcast where I was feeling a little bit overwhelmed not burnt out but kind of like I was moving in that direction I was just a little bit exhausted there's something about the nervous system being frazzled and um, yeah, I think, um, not to say that others can't experience burnout, but um, as someone who is sensitive and picks up on kind of energy, um, yeah, it can, it can be a thing that can, that can creep up on me and I might experience in a way that perhaps others don't. Um, so yeah. Um, okay, so, I think in closing, I will from here continue to be open, and that includes being open to the woo-woo, or to what Eric referred to as the mystical in his email. That which can't be explained by science, or otherwise be explained rationally or logically. A couple of years ago, I wasn't so sure whether I was an empath or not. Currently, it's a term that speaks to me. Let's see what happens from here. Most of all, I will continue spending time with other intuitives, whether it's reading their stuff, listening to their podcasts, 
or speaking to them over a call or meeting them in person. This club exists to share their stories, or I should say, to share the stories of intuitives who are on their own journey of self-discovery, growth and alignment. And it feels like, for us, a big piece of that is understanding ourselves and this intuitive piece, this deep, soulful, emotional, sensitive part of ourselves and everything that comes with it. So whether you feel like you're an empath or not, I too would invite you to embrace your own journey with openness, leaning into that which resonates and feels good, which feels affirming in a way that's helpful, provides the ground for you to grow, to understand and accept yourself better, and to continue to move towards a life where you feel like the most authentic, aligned version of yourself. I wanna thank you so much for listening to me today and for listening to my story. Um, and uh, yeah, kind of my unpacking of some of this stuff. Um, I, I also want to remind you that I am by no means perfect. I do not have all the answers. I've probably misspoken and made a bunch of mistakes in today's episode. So that's it for today's episode. If you're enjoying listening to the show, you might wish to dive in a little deeper by heading over to www.infclub.net. There, you can subscribe to my free newsletter and you'll find more little pieces to help you on your journey, as well as a community of INFJs and INFPs. Thank you for listening today and I'll see you next time.